Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, with episode 22 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I am here with Kyle Left to talk about Syracuse's performance against NC State. I guess we kind of have to. 41-17 loss. Kyle, I hope you're doing better than Syracuse did on Saturday. Uh, I am not, but hey, at least it's better than a 41 to three. Okay. We were improving. It's two touchdowns more than we had against Louisville. That is only an improvement, but I, along with SU am not doing well. Uh, my sports teams went a, a whopping zero and six in the span of two days. Uh, Q's women and men's basketball, both lost. Obviously Q's football lost. Uh, my Knicks lost. Uh, and then uh arsenal my soccer team lost and then obviously my saints lost to your eagles i was at the game it was rough uh so it has been a very 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 bad sports uh 48 hours for me uh so i'm hoping to cry a little while um and i guess get some of the the anger and frustration out here well the believe listeners can be your shoulder to cry on um at least for syracuse football and it's it's funny for me to to think Three, four weeks ago, if you were going to tell me that the Eagles were going to be what saves my sports happiness, I would have thought that, that you would have been crazy. But they, they've they been playing much better lately, and it helps when you play a team that's missing um, essentially Half its entire starting lineup, and they're playing you know, um, practice squad guys. So. Hey, don't hate on Trevor Simeon. Actually, I, do, hate, do hate on Trevor Simeon, actually. Hate well, on <laughs> oh, poor Trevor Simeon. Um, hey, at least anyway, he throws for more yards than Garrett Schrader does. Look at that. That is true. Um, if if the Saints could trade him to Syracuse, you know, that, that might be helpful. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, lines than ever before. For Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BLEAV. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with with you, Kyle, and just your um, overall high-level thoughts on Syracuse's loss at NC State. I mean, my high-level thoughts are, oh, God, we went from three games to win one game to we now need to beat Pitt to go to a bowl game or to have a chance at going to a bowl game. We, The odds of us getting to a bowl game have severely tanked over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we went out of the Virginia Tech game feeling like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Like we're now in the driver's seat. We need to beat BC, Louisville, or we beat BC, feeling great. We need to beat Louisville, NC State, or Pitt. Fine. We'll beat one of the three of them. Yeah, we haven't done that well so far. 
Um, and it has probably been the roughest period for this team as well. It is not even just that, oh my gosh, our odds have dropped. It's, oh my gosh, where has our team gone? Uh, and the honest answer is, I don't know. Everyone not named Sean Tucker, I don't know where they are right now. So call me back later. They're, they're just chilling somewhere. Uh, watching some Netflix, maybe. You know, that. As, as much as we, you know, and, and we talked about this um, after Syracuse beat Boston College, we thought the bye week was kind of coming at a perfect time to get guys healthy and, um, you know, let guys rest up mentally and physically and then get back into it for the final three games. And, you know, it makes you wonder if it kind of took their mojo away a little bit, kind of took them out of their rhythm and they're trying to ramp things back up and it hasn't quite worked. But, um, you know, as as you said, disappointing to be two games into the final three games and, and still searching for bowl eligibility. Um, you know, I kind of went into it thinking that they'd have a shot at getting to one. But, um, you know, it, it was a, a tough game. I think the score was a little bit more lopsided than perhaps the competitiveness of the two teams on the field actually was. NC State was clearly the better team. They deserved to win. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But you know, a kick return for a touchdown and a pick six can, can make um, a game that's otherwise pretty competitive, you know, look like it was this, this wasn't the same as the Louisville game. Um, It wasn't that level of domination where, you know, it really felt completely hopeless and completely overmatched. I I didn't get that impression, uh, but we'll, we'll take a deep dive into this. And I think the first place to start is where, most of the frustration with Syracuse fans lies after this game, which is the passing attack. And where is it? Another poor outing from that standpoint, Garrett Schrader, eight for 20, 63 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, sacked five times. Kyle, it's just been awful the last, the last couple of, I'd say three games or so. It has been, and we discussed it ahead of the time uh, here before we started, and it's since the Virginia Tech game, which we'll discuss it in a little bit, Traders just everything has fallen off for him, passing-wise at least. I mean, he has gone now, he has completed a total of 23 passes. Uh, he has attempted uh, 52, which I've heard 23 of 52 is not a very good number. That would not be a passing grade in any course you take in your life. Um, he's you want the percentage off. on that? Get, let, I would love the percentage perc- on that. The percentage on that is 44%. 44. You know. It's just, it's maybe just mocking maybe Syracuse try- fans with maybe that, right? Maybe trying to get it. I, I don't know, but it's That is not the right 44, Garrett. It is the wrong, wrong 44, 44. But it's legitimately worrying seeing how bad he is playing right now. But this is a Q's team that was putting up 400 yards a game because he passed for 180. Him and Tucker ran for 220, 250 total. It just, everything worked perfectly. But he has seemed to... I don't know if he hit he hit a wall, if his just, he lost all feeling and had to throw a football, what it was, but it's legitimately concerning now, seeing how bad he's played and some of the throws he making he's makes. I mean, we made excuses for him in the that chunk of games from like Florida State through Virginia Tech, 
We made uh, like excuses of, oh, he's playing well, throwing the ball well, the defense is playing well. Oh, he's just a step off. He'll get into it. And he made that great pass at the end of Tech game to get us the win. And since then, it seems like he has reverted from being a college quarterback to being a middle school uh, backup squad quarterback. Yeah, and and it's funny that that you mention um, the Virginia Tech game and and the pass because I, I was having a conversation um, about this very thing and um, with with a friend of mine and it's we remember the the pass against Virginia Tech to Damian Alford the the game winning touchdown and how he took a monster hit on that throw and it's been since then that it's really gone downhill. If you look at the three games prior to Virginia Tech and the Virginia Tech game, so that stretch of four games, he was averaging 15 completions per game, 50.4 completion percentage, 184 yards per game, and six total touchdowns in those four games. Six total passing touchdowns, I should say. So again, he's averaging 184 passing yards a game. That's, that's not great. It's not elite. But given what he is as a runner and what he and Tucker do together as a rushing attack, 184 yards passing a game is more than enough to keep defenses honest, to make enough plays through the air, to continue um, to to have the offense be productive enough to put up yards and put up points. And, and, you know, they were scoring 30 plus points a game in, in most of those games. Now look at the last three games, right? So Boston College, Louisville and NC State. He's averaging seven completions a game. So he's dropped off by more than half from his 15 before. 44.2 completion percentage, as we just discussed with your 23 for 52. So he's dropped from 50.4 to 44.2 in terms of his completion percentage. 58 yards per game in those three games. So from 184 down to 58. It's cut down by more than a third. Yeah, that's not And great. zero passing touchdowns in three games as opposed to six in four. So it, I'm not saying I, I don't honestly know whether or not the hit that he took against Virginia tech caused some sort of injury that is still lingering. That is, has exasperated the accuracy issues and has made it so that he can't complete some of these throws. Because again, as, as you said, we've discussed his throwing of the football before, even when Syracuse was winning games and putting up four or 500 yards of offense. And we noted it wasn't great. His accuracy still had issues. There were still problems with it, but it wasn't this bad. No, it this wasn't is... 50 yards a game and 44 completion percentage. And you have a guy wide open. And th- this was, we discussed this, you know, planning the, this episode, but the play that shows it all to me is I believe this was in the third quarter. Garrett Schrader rolled out to his right and NC state had everyone up trying to cover the run. Devon Cooper, Syracuse's reserve slot receiver was running upfield, had nobody within 20 yards of him at least. If Schrader just lobs the ball out there so that Cooper stops and waits for the ball to get there, he at least catches it and picks up 40, 50 yards. If it's a somewhat decent throw or better, it's a walk-in touchdown. Schrader's pass was 10 yards short. Wasn't even close. Um, And that's a throw that 
if he doesn't make it in past weeks, it's not because it's 10 yards short. It's because perhaps it's a little bit wide or, or a little bit too high or whatever, but he's got enough arm strength to get the ball there. And he's missing guys on, you know, 10 yard outs when NC state isn't even trying to defend it. They're wide open. There's no one there. He's missing guys wide open on slants. I mean, just literally wide open. They're not even trying to defend it. And those were passes that even though his accuracy again, was not great prior to the Virginia tech game, he was at least making some of those throws and he can't make any of them right now. And so again, I'm not saying he's hurt, but what it would not surprise me if after the season is over, all of a sudden something comes out that says, you know, Schrader had to have off season surgery on elbow, shoulder, ribs, something um, to, to clean something up. And that would kind of explain why it went from, you know, average at best to what the heck is this? It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman Sausage Company. Beer Bratwurst, Jalapeno Cheddar Sausage, Kabasi, and Bun Length Chicken Sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and Snappy Grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. This is a tragically bad team right now with how he's playing. That he, it is, if there is an injury there and they're not disclosing it to anybody and it's not being discussed, it is A, a risk for his health, obviously, because as we've seen with players playing through injuries, you look, I mean, obviously not football, it's basketball. Kevin Durant came back early, tore Achilles. Like you can do a serious number on yourself. If you're playing through an injury like this, that you'll see quarterbacks literally be like, I want to play. And a lot of coaches at times are like, no, you're going to get like surgery. I mean, Russ had that happen. Drew had that happen last couple of seasons in the NFL. If he is hurt, I do not want to have him play. And that is not a, oh, he's bad. No, that is for his health. If he is hurt, he should not be playing. And even if, if he's not hurt, say he's just playing poorly, and that's what this is. He's just playing awfully. I want to see Jacoby and Morgan play. I know we got a pass from him in this game. I want to see him play. I Obviously, DeVito and Markiewicz, I believe, are both in the transfer portal, so they're both gone, essentially. There's three guys left on that team outside of Schrader. I want to see Morgan play. I This feels way too similar to how my Saints are, where I want to see Ian Book play at quarterback right now. That's where I'm at in my life. So, you know what? If you told me before this season, Jacoby and Morgan and Ian Book are the starting QBs of my team, I would have laughed at you. But right now, I want them to start. That's that's hilarious. Now, as far as, as Schrader goes, um, I don't think they put him out there if there was a risk of, of hurting himself long term. But um, to your point, if he's hurt enough that he's – essentially physically incapable of making some of these throws, then does it give your team the best chance to win by going in another direction? I, I And the other part of it is too, and I, I know that the coaches largely and the players largely don't care about this stuff, you know, whether the fans are up or down on a certain player and whether they're criticizing it, whatever they think for the most part, it doesn't really bother them. 
Um, it's not really something they pay attention to. They're, they're doing so many other things with game prep and, and, you know, recruiting and all that stuff. But I think it would, it would be to Schrader's benefit, at least from a, Oh, that's what's going on from the fans. Um, and, and even with the media to some extent, you know, if, if there is something like that going on, if, if we were told that, but again, um, you know, that they're, they're a little bit on the secretive side with injuries. That's how they've been since Dino's been here. I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon, but hopefully for Syracuse's and Schrader's, um, perspective from for for them into this last game they can figure out a way to uh, have that improve a little bit but back to this game um as much as we want to talk about that passing attack you know we we always have to talk about what the bread and butter is of the Syracuse offense and that's the rushing attack that's Sean Tucker that's the Tucker Schrader duo and this is the second game in a row where it felt like Sean Tucker didn't get enough touches. He he finished with 13 carries. Last week he had 19. It they were the first two games since Schrader has taken over as starting quarterback where Tucker didn't get at least 20 carries. And it was the two worst offensive performances of the season. Um or since Schrader has taken over, I should say. So I don't think that that's a coincidence. Um he only had 13 carries but he did have 105 yards. He averaged eight yards a carry. Yes. There were a couple of long runs in there that, that helped bump that number up. But I think they did the same thing that they did against Louisville that we, that we discussed after that game. And as a preview going into this game, which is when you get into a second and eight situation, that doesn't take Sean Tucker off the table. It shouldn't. And I think it did in too many instances in this game, which is a little bit surprising um, given the way that Schrader has thrown the ball and and given what they had been doing since they've turned o- turned it over to Garrett Schrader. Um, I think they're trying to combat some of what teams are doing to them, but I just, I just think you're getting away from your best player too much. 13 carries is just not enough for Sean Tucker. He should have at least 20 every single game um, at a minimum, um, you know, I understand that that it looks like Garrett Schrader had more carries than he did because it says that he had 17, but five of those were sacks. So we really didn't, but you know, some of those carries were zone read situations where he could have potentially given it to to, to Tucker. I, I don't know. I, I just, if your passing attack is struggling as much as it is, I just think you got to feed Sean Tucker and, and live or die with whatever that gets you. I agree. And I, before I, obviously everyone knows how I feel about Sean Tucker, uh, how he's the greatest player ever. Uh, And he's the start with it. He's backing it up with the fact that he, you know, is our all time leading rusher in a season. I mean, he did that. He really did that. Congratulations to 34. He said he's building his own legacy. That's great. And he's doing it by getting the ball 13 times a game. I, I will, I will say it. I called myself out. I said, you know what? I said last week that if he doesn't carry the ball first and get at least 100 yards, and I believe 20 carries, I would throw my TV out the window alongside him not getting the first rush, first play of the game, a rush. Um, so I don't have a TV anymore. Uh, it is sitting on the curb in pieces. Uh, and that is because I don't know why Dino only gave the ball 13 times. You said it. It doesn't make sense. We ran 54 plays. 
54. And 13 of them were rushes for Sean Tucker. Yeah, it should be half that. It should be 50-50. That's what it should be. The offense should be built very similarly to what you see the Titans run in the NFL, which is give the ball to Derrick Henry and we'll figure it out afterwards. That Tannehill and A.J. Brown and that crew figure it out later. That's what we should be, is give it to Tucker and say, okay, Schrader and Queeley and Cooper will figure you out afterwards. We'll get him going. He will make the rest of our lives a lot easier. And we know he can because he can burst 55-yard runs uh, every game if he wants to. That's just what he does. But for some reason, Dino says, no, I don't want to run the ball, Sean Tucker. You know, uh, the the best rusher in America. I don't want to give him the ball. Our all-time leading rusher uh, for a season. No, 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 no. He's not good enough for me. What? <laughs> I mean, it's it's NC State's the best run defense in the ACC. And, and they're, they're top 15, I think, nationally, something like that. And Syracuse ran for over five yards of carry in this game. That includes Garrett Schrader being sacked five times. Um, so so that that's a uh, 30 some odd yards taken off of of Schrader's total. So if if you add those 30 yards back and take out those five carries, that would give Syracuse 28 carries for 202 yards which equates to about 7.2 yards a carry. So again, taking the stacks out of the equation against the best run defense in the ACC, Syracuse was averaging seven yards a carry. And, and that, why don't you give it to him more? Right. I so I get it. <laughs> and, and Sean Tucker averaged eight yards a carry. He, again, he did have a couple of long runs NC state did do a good job in some early downs in early situations, first quarter, second quarter of forcing Syracuse into second and third long situations. Um, and, and with the way that they're throwing the ball, that makes things problematic, but still it's gotta be part of the game plan to get Tucker more carries than, than what he's, he's gotten in the last two games. Now, from there, the first half ends and it's scoreless. Then you get into the second, I'm sorry, the first quarter ends and it's scoreless. Then you get into the second quarter. And there was a bad stretch for Syracuse, but prior to, you know, part of, of that was where I thought the turning point of the game was. NC State goes down and scores, makes it a 7 nothing game. And you know, Syracuse hadn't really moved the ball. The one, the one offensive possession they had had to that point where they did get the ball in NC state territory was based off of three or four penalties on NC state. So it wasn't because they were actually doing a lot with the ball offensively, but then they start feeding Sean Tucker a little bit more. And the first, I think two or three possessions of, uh, for Syracuse's offense, I think Tucker had one carry. Um, So they start giving the ball back to Sean Tucker. He breaks off a 55 yard touchdown run. All of a sudden um, the game is 14 to seven. And that came on the possession after Garrett Schrader throws a pick six. So NC state goes down and scores at seven, nothing Wolfpack Syracuse's next possession, quick pick six. All of a sudden you're down 14, nothing before you can blink in a game that to that point, Felt like it was very competitive. It was pretty evenly matched. Um, neither offense was really doing a ton. Then Sean Tucker breaks off that 55-yard touchdown run, makes it 14-7. to You feel like 
Syracuse isn't out of this yet, that they're starting to perhaps get into a little bit of rhythm. And if the defense can make another stop, you know, you can get things going here. So what happens? This is where the turning point was. The ensuing kickoff. Back to the house. Touchdown. 21-7 NC State. And it felt like even though it was a two-score game and you've got two and a half quarters left or whatever it was at that point, it just really felt like that was what put the final nail in Syracuse's coffin because of, of the struggles throwing the ball offensively and, and, and some other things. But that little stretch there where they had the touchdown, the pick six and the kick return was part of a six minute stretch that really ended up being uh, what doomed Syracuse in this one. Yeah. I mean, it, we've discussed stretch runs before, obviously the BC game, we had a stretch where we score our three touchdowns in the blink of an eye and all of a sudden we're up 21 points. The exact same thing happened, but for NC state that, as you said, two touchdowns in the span of approximately a minute, put them up 14, nothing. We get one. And then a minute later, bam, we're down all of a sudden 21 to seven that in the very, very, very quick space of approximately two minutes, 50 seconds, they went from being, uh, a tied 0-0 ball game to being a 21-7 ball game. And all of a sudden, they then, uh, another a minute again, or three minutes later or something like that, they're then up 28-7 to at going into half. And it's just that point game over. I mean, you saw it with how we played. It looked like we were dejected, that it was just like, an oh, we had hope. We lost hope. And it's it's done. And that's what the game ended up basically feeling like the rest of the way. I mean, the, the, the MVP of the game might even be Ian Hawkins, who like we'll discuss later did. Okay. But it just, it was piled on from the get go. As soon as the first one went in, the floodgates opened and we thought, no, they're closed. We'll be fine. All of a sudden, uh, night returning that, uh, kick from the end zone, 97 yards. It, a kick return is never good to face uh, as a defensive special teams, but especially at that point, just after cutting it to seven points, it's all of a sudden like, great. We did this all for nothing. And, yeah, and defense and, is just like, why? And NC state that, you know, right after their offense gets on the board to make it seven, nothing, the, the first touchdown um, of the game NC State scored twice before their offense even got back on the field. Their offense all of a sudden has a cushion, and it's easier right. to play with a cushion than it is to play tied. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was a rough six minute stretch, you know, from the six fourteen mark where NC State scored its first touchdown to the eight second mark of the second quarter when NC State scored its fourth touchdown of the quarter. Um, four touchdowns in that span went into a halftime lead of 28 to seven and Syracuse was unable to seriously challenge uh, again for the rest of that one. So that kick return kind of seemed to summarize everything right there. Uh, I do think it's important that we do note that Sean Tucker did break Syracuse's all time single season rushing record um, in this game. He only needed 11 yards to break it coming in and he had 105. So he now holds that record and will look to add to it next week against Pittsburgh. So certainly congratulations and well-deserved uh, for Sean Tucker. Now, uh, before we get into our final thoughts, two things that I wanted to discuss here real quick. First, 
is the defense. And the second is, as you just mentioned, punting the football. We'll kind of start with punting um, real quick. Is Ian Hawkins, uh, James Williams is a normal starting punter. He did travel with the team uh, for this game. He did suit up for this game. And yet it was still Ian Hawkins who got the nod for Syracuse. And when he first came out on Syracuse's first possession, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and said, here we go again, because Ian Hawkins is the guy that the week before had averaged under 30 yards per punt. But in this game, 41.1 yards per punt had a long of 53 yards. Two of, of his punts were downed inside the opponent's 20 yard line. He did a much better job than he had done all season. It was easily his best performance of the year. And so as many things as went wrong in this game, punting was not one of them. Now, from a defensive standpoint, 41 points looks bad. But when you look into it a little bit more, NC State had 96 rushing yards, averaged only three yards a carry. Syracuse sacked NC State twice. Now, Devin Leary did throw for 303 yards, but they kept... NC State to 399 yards of total offense, so under 400 yards of total offense. If you take away the pick six and the kick return, neither of which are the responsibility of the defense, the defense gave up 27 points and 399 yards of offense. That's not that's not a great day. It's not a fantastic day. It's not an elite day, but it's a decent day. It is a much better day than they had had the week before against Louisville. And they looked like they were good enough to win this game for large stretches, but the offense couldn't give them the help that they needed. So I do think it's important to note that the defense did take some steps forward and did actually play, play well for stretches of this game. Yeah. I mean, the defense did what they had to do, which is they gave up a few, a couple touchdowns, which is what you expect out of any defense. I mean, Hey, we're an elite team, but we're going to give up points. That just is what happens in football especially college football where teams score and they score in big ways. We gave up some points. Okay. Whatever the two times they held the uh, opponent when they had to, they held them to field goals. Again, outside of that stretch where it was all of a sudden became 28 to seven, we gave up a total of 13 points. That's pretty solid. The second half of 13 points should keep your team in a ball game. Any, any football game, it should keep you in the game, but the offense was inept and did nothing to help that fact. The defense did what they had to do. Obviously you would have loved a turnover or two, but it didn't happen. As we've said, turnovers have been a problem. This team has had where they just can't get any, but they did what they had to do. They got the job done. Um, And as you said, all 41 points weren't their fault. They're responsible for 27 of those. And if you're a defensive coordinator, obviously you want to keep the number under 20, but 27 for four, almost 400 yards of offense, I'll take it. Yeah, and they, you know they they had a fourth down stop um, in the first quarter of that game um, as well to give themselves some momentum. So they they did some good things, but um, you know it was it was just one of those things where it didn't seem to matter. The offense couldn't get anything going, and the momentum just kind of uh, slipped away a little bit there. But you know, final thoughts uh, from you, Kyle, on the loss what it means for Syracuse going into the final game um, and, you know, just kind of final things to wrap up this game. 
My final thoughts is this is probably the toughest loss we've taken so far. And to any fan, that sounds really strange to say, but this one feels like a game where we just, we didn't play well at all. And it wasn't even uh, being smoked like we were against Louisville where it's like burn the tape. This is a game where you watch everything to see what went wrong in this game. That this is a game where Dino is sitting down with every single piece of film they have and saying, we need to figure out what went wrong here on every phase of the ball. The only one who didn't do anything wrong was Ian Hawkins and Sean Tucker. They didn't do anything wrong in this game. Those two, everyone else mistakes across the board. Um, And going into this game against Pitt, uh, obviously we'll discuss it and break it down before the game, but it's apparent that they will not be benching Pickett or any of their starters. Um, So all I can say is we need to uh, figure ourselves out as fast as we physically can and get back to whatever form we had against Clemson, even against Wake, where it looked like we were going to win a game and we lost in heartbreaking fashion both times. Like, I want to see us play with some sort of just energy. It feels like we have no energy right now. And the game will be in the Dome, but this is, if I'm going to be honest, and I know it's something we haven't discussed fully in a couple of weeks, if we lose, it might be Dino's job. We we will definitely discuss that um, in the episode uh, previewing the pick game as to whether or not it does, because we might end up disagreeing on that a little bit, but regardless, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a strange situation, I think in, in some respects, but you know, Syracuse lost Josh Black in the game against um, NC State kind of early in that game, still battled through. I do think that there were some positives you can take away from that game. Like against Louisville, there was an issue with how physical they were or how physical they weren't. That wasn't an issue in this game. They were playing physical football in this game. But, um, you know, I, I largely think that, that there's just an issue with the offensive game plan the last couple of weeks. And, I get that you're trying to throw the ball and trying to keep teams honest and all that. But if, if Garrett Schrader is either because of an injury or just because it's in his head at this point or whatever the situation is, but teams like, and I know that Syracuse isn't a military Academy, but army and Navy and air force and whatever they run these offenses where you run the ball 90% of the time. And I get that they're not competing for, for conference titles or national titles or anything like that. A Syracuse isn't either, but B those teams often give power five teams, a lot of trouble. The triple option at Georgia tech gave power five teams, a lot of trouble. You know what you're supposed to do, but it's difficult to do on a consistent basis. You can put a lot of pressure on opposing teams with a strictly run based offense. I'm not saying abandon the pass altogether, but if you're compl- if you continue to struggle throwing the football, stop it. Just just stop. Run the ball with Sean Tucker. Use Garrett Schrader's strength with his legs, and let that combination be what determines whether or not you beat Pittsburgh and can figure out a way to go to the bowl game. We will break that game down more going into it. But my thoughts from this game are: the game plan needs to change, and. I think you live and die with Sean Tucker. If he gives you 30 carries and it's not enough to beat Pittsburgh. Oh, well, I think you go down swinging with your best player. 
That'll do it for episode 22 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. For Kyle F., I'm Mike McAllister, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.